This isn't just a PSA. That's the sound of the police. This is a PSH. It's the Public Safety Hour on WTMJ Now. Joining Steve Scafidi, here's Annie Schwartz. Eve's emphasized in the introduction. Annie Schwartz. I like that. People, well, people never can figure that out. They're always just kind of like, what are you, what is that? Is it Anne E? Is it Annie? And I said, please don't overthink this. It never occurred to me. It was just, it became Annie when I went to, to college. Um, and then after my, my mother died, it was okay to be Annie all the time. Before that, not okay because the saint's name, if you're a good Catholic, you know, who got, you know, whacked by a, a nun on your hand before Vatican II. Well, I'd sign up for that. I, uh, get, I got whacked a lot at St. Sylvester's. Say, oh, listen, the, absolutely. St. <laughs> uh, St. Mary's Elm Grove. We had those school sisters in Notre Dame. And, uh, yeah, so, uh, my mother would say, it's, the saint is not Annie. It is St. Anne. There and you go. so it was a whole thing. This uh, religious hour was brought to yeah. you by, yeah. <laughs> Annie Schwartz joining me, as always, on Wednesday, the Public Safety Hour. And we have a special guest today from Germantown Police Department, Chaplain Greg Young, who's been all over the world lately. So we'll uh, welcome you to the show in the hour. Well, it's good to see all of you again. And yes. Glad to be here. Yeah. So, I mean, sort of a sad way to start, but I think it's something that uh, you and I have been talking about a lot lately mm-hmm. on your visits is uh, officer wellness and, and the reaction of our public safety folks to trauma and uh, and you know h- horrific news and, and the story is is this the former partner of Officer Peter Jerving was killed what about a year ago was yep. no it was actually February was so it this year yes yeah so um, Peter Jerving was was killed in uh, in the line of duty on uh, in February and uh, and his partner Jimmy Nowak uh, you know I I have to say this because now there's so many people listening so I, I get to I get to say it. And that is that Jimmy and his wife, Julia, did so much for this department, so much after after um, uh, Peter Jerving died. Uh, they they organized the fundraisers. They did all of those things. And and it really showed what we are at the at the Milwaukee Police Department, that this is what they do. Um, and the details uh, are horrific. He suffered a, you know. Fatal injuries. Yes. He's, he's now being kept alive for mm. another example of public service. He's donating his organs, uh, and his wife mm. has been very vocal lately about yes. all of that. And, and they are, you know, police officers in general are amazing people. But mm-hmm. uh, the officer uh, was in a crash Sunday night in my city of Oak Creek. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of details aren't known yet about that, but that's not the important part. The important part is honoring this officer and, and again, celebrating the life of somebody who has just Risen to the occasion. Mm-hmm. You mentioned some of that. Yeah. So this is a, a part of a post that that I have permission to to share uh, that his wife uh, his wife put out on on social media, and she said uh, part of it says Jimmy did sign his license to be an organ donor, and his parents and I agreed Jimmy would have wanted to help other people because he was a giving guy and very loving. So we decided to donate his organs to save other lives. And then it goes on to say, yesterday and today, they've been doing tests on all the organs they can save, and soon he will go on an honor walk into the operating room. And I don't know if you've ever seen that, if you've ever been part of that. An honor walk is when they they take the patient who has donated their organs uh, to the operating room, and the hallways are lined with doctors and nurses and and police officers uh, are, are likely going to be there. And... It's it's the most emotional thing you can you can see them on uh, on YouTube if you look for them. But 
the the loss to this department. I don't know. I, I know Brad Schley is the is the cap or was the captain at District Four. Uh, I think he's still the captain at District Four. I mean to lose to lose four young officers, Chucky Irvine and Cooper, two partners and two partners who rode together who did yeah. a lot of things together. Um, Greg, I mean you've you've lived this story. You've you've made this your life's work as a department and as a community. What should we be thinking about today, and how do we recover from stories like this? Well, um, first, first and foremost, as I've listened to you guys, one of the things about being a law enforcement officer, like like a lot of professions, is they don't do it for the money. They, it's a calling, and and I always remind them in the trainings that I do that that it's a calling, you know, because they are special people. Um, one of the things I've noticed on social media, and some of the officers have been posting is that they're actually letting their, sharing their emotions. You know, it used to be, and still is to a certain extent, you ask an officer how he or she is doing, and they would say, I'm fine, I'm fine. Right, we come from that suck it up buttercup, uh, you know, point of view, don't we? But there are these young, especially the young officers, right? Because Jimmy was was 30, I think Peter Jerving was just uh, close to that age. But that's how they grieve, isn't it, Greg? Don't they? I mean, they get out on social media and they put things out there that are, that's how they very publicly share their emotions. Yeah. That's fascinating to me. I, I remember when I was teaching in Fox Valley once, there was this female officer regarding a, this, this horrible incident that happened um, over in Eau Claire uh, a few years ago where somebody burned up and she couldn't save them. Uh, and she was in my class. She didn't go to lunch with others. Uh, and, you know, the Fox Valley, you know, the training facility there. And um, so I came back into the room. And she was sitting there all by herself, just staring straight ahead at the PowerPoint slide. And she had tears running down her face. And so I knew I needed to at least engage her in some way or try. So I didn't ask her, how are you doing? What I did was I knelt down in front of her and I asked her, um, do you want to talk about it? And I just let it set, you know, in silence. And she did share. She did share. And, and I think we're getting better at that with peer support programs. That, that's one of the ways they help heal. And, and of course, anybody in law enforcement, as you, as you all know, and Annie, you know better than me, uh, law enforcement officers, it, it's a brotherhood and sisterhood. I mean, they get through it together. There's strength in that togetherness. Uh, and that's really important. Uh, for an incident like this, I don't know if they'll have a debriefing, but I do know they've got a great chaplain. Uh, George Papa Christo has been yeah, on, on yeah. here many times yes. with us, and he's oh, yeah. Yeah. knowing that he's ministering to those to those officers just gives me a sense of of peace because I know how amazing he he is with them. But I I just I wonder how much does that take out of you when you are briefing people during these critical times, and and you know I mean. It, what of you? How much of that do you have to to kind of tap into? That's tough. Yeah, that's tough. I mean, it seemed like in every interview that I've ever done for TV or radio, people say, "Well, you see all of this stuff, Sandy Hook, Sikh Temple, all of that stuff." And um, you know, how do you take care of yourself? And be quite honest with you, you need to do a better job at it. Mm-hmm. But but I I try to give certain strategies. I I think it's real important that officers find healthy ways to take care of themselves and for me it's exercise but some people may be journaling i met a cop in uh, the state of kansas when i was teaching debriefing over there uh, a couple of years ago who said i journal and he he'd gone back he'd actually deployed re-upped in the military he was an army ranger following 9 11 
And, you know, he came back and I thought, oh, he probably does uh, CrossFit or something mm-hmm. like that. He said, no, I journal. So I, there are a lot of practical ways that officers uh, can find to do that. Yeah, you hit a key word when you said talk, because to be silent in times like this, I don't think is helpful or, or mm-hmm. healthy. No. And I think talking to a peer, talking to someone like you, a chaplain, or or even your superiors that, that may be able to kind of walk you through what comes next, the grieving process, and the reality of life after this loss and how you deal with that. We'll take a break here. Annie Schwartz, our guest, Greg Young, our special guest. This is the Public Safety Hour on WTMJ Now. This girl is on fire. Uh, if you listen to Public Safety Hour, you know that's how you always come back from our first break. This girl is indeed on fire. This girl is Annie Schwartz. Former law enforcement communications expert. I guess you're always. Uh, for, well, I'm always. Yes. Mean. Not former. Former spokesperson yeah. is what I was There you go. Say. I yes. didn't die, Steve. No, you're still you. here. Yeah. Thank, thankfully. <laughs> um, one of the things we wanted to do, and Greg Young is our special guest. He's a police chaplain in, in the is a city or village of Germantown. Village of Germantown. Village. I, I wasn't sure on that. And I knew yep. you would know. Yeah, it is. Um, there is a great way that all of you out there can help. And I saw some of the results. I think the first day they, they blew it out of the water. Their their GoFundMe page, Andy. And uh, it is a way that if you want to help the family and in some ways grieve yourself and, and everybody has the desire to do something, right? After a bad situation happens, you want to do something. Annie, this is a way you can do something. Absolutely. I'll, I'll tell you that I, I, felt, I felt good after, after sending, uh, after sending some, something, even though it felt like such a small thing to be able to do. It's not a small thing. Uh, but it, it's this, this family is going to need, she's going to, Julia is going to need a lot, uh, need a lot of support. The wife, of um, officer, that's James Jimmy's, Nolan. uh, yep. that's Jimmy's wife. And they had a goal of $10,000 right now. They're at $56,000. Right. Uh, wow. and, wow. and you know, you can, you can see, even though this isn't the point, I'm looking at the people that have donated on the on the GoFundMe page, and I I see all kinds of people. I see people who, uh, you know, who are community leaders, uh, and just you know people who you know sent ten dollars, sent twenty dollars. So we want to give people that uh, that information. If you go on the uh, the GoFundMe page. Um, uh, I'm trying to figure out how to how well, to you're give looking you the it up. Here's what I'm asking. Well, I've people. got it right here. It's you got a, it. Okay, go yeah, ahead. I've got it. Uh, you go to uh, GoFundMe.com, which is you know the GoFundMe page, and look for James Nowak, N-O-W-A-K, and you will find it there. And there is there's also look there's also a place where you can put words of support. And I know from people who have been through this that they don't necessarily read those today or tomorrow, but they may go back when they're feeling, you know. S- comfortable enough to be able to read those kind of words those things mean a lot so every every bit of support that we can give julia right now is is something that that we want to do so go fund me and you're looking for uh james uh jimmy uh nowak uh n-o-w-a-k and i know that i've asked a lot for you over the years in my in my various asks and requests for great groups like best buddies and others um here's what i'd love to see and the next week, I'd like to see this fund hit $100,000. So whatever you can yeah, give, give. Yeah. If you're a business in Oak Creek or wherever, mm-hmm. if you care about the story and you, and you want to help in, in whatever small way you can, whether it's $5, $25, $100, if you're a business, $1,000, mm-hmm. try to do something. And it's really, GoFundMe is really easy to do. Absolutely. And you know what? Julia is a, is, is a young woman. They were, I still think they were newlyweds. Uh, they were, uh, uh, they were married, I think, a little less than two years. That to me is, is still being a newlywed. You're just starting to build your life. And now 
this very young woman is is fa- who who is the uh, you know the wife of a law enforcement officer which by the way nobody knows what 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 that is like to to have the worry and to have the the the, the you know the the different feelings that you go through when uh, when violence happens you know involving your husband on the job but in this case it it wasn't on the job but Jimmy was a great great police officer and a great partner with this community. I hope we can help his family. And his final act of service is donating his organs. We talked about that in the first segment. That That is a tremendous, tremendous example of, of a life well lived. And just an example for others. So if you can do that as well, you can sign that on your license. Help That's someone. what he did. Yes, That's help somebody else out. And you know what I think ultimately, um, I mean, obviously you never get, you never get over that if you're your loved one like that. But but finding some purpose like that, you know, giving giving to the GoFundMe, or also uh, knowing the fact that he's helping save lives, can can I think bring some degree of healing, knowing that other lives are living because because of his. I think that's how he was, uh, how, how Jimmy was really trying to to deal with the death. Jimmy and Julia both were dealing with the the death of Peter Jerving, was to really put their whole hearts and souls, just yep. like you said, yep. Greg. With their hearts and souls behind fundraisers, uh, because what what we're trying to do is we're trying to raise some money also for people for um, officers in District Four to be able to go out to Washington D.C. to the to the Law Enforcement Memorial oh, yeah. during Law Enforcement Memorial Week in May, and there there is they're trying to get the money together for that. Uh, and uh, Peter Jerving's name is going on the wall, mm-hmm. uh, sadly, mm-hmm. uh, uh, this year. So that's something else that that you know we can all kind of get behind. Is let's see if we can help those those police officers get to Washington D.C. so they can properly uh, uh, honor all of our fallen. And by all means, if you see a member of any police department today, a public safety professional, a kind word would would go a long way and thank of- them. Yes, thank them for their service, always. All right, Annie Schwartz, Greg Young, we're going to talk about some of your recent travels, which are always relevant, especially in the world we live in now. You were in Ukraine recently, Greg Young, and I want to hear about that and what you saw and what you were doing there. We'll discuss all of that on WTMJ Now after this. Thanks for tuning in. The Public Safety Hour here on WTMJ Now. I'm Steve Andy Schwartz. Joining me, as always, 9 o'clock hour on Wednesdays, and our special guest today from the village of Germantown, Chaplain Greg Young joins us, and you have been a world, like Annie travels all over the world, you have been world traveling, and you were most recently, I, I believe, in Ukraine. Yes, our third trip. It was can't our third believe, trip. Can't believe we haven't run into each other in some, you know, airport that nobody goes to in the Balkans. <laughs> it's fun, like uh, Frankfurt, Germany, or, yep. uh, you know, or Krakow, Poland, or someplace go. like that, yeah. The switchovers, the, cha- the layovers. Yeah, right, yeah. right. Most we'll of us, our experience with Ukraine is, is hearing about it or seeing it on the news and the devastation that, of course, the Russian attack, now two years uh, yeah. running. Um, first of all, what was that experience like? And then we'll talk about some of the things you were doing there. Well, this I, I'm going to refer mostly to this trip. It was, it was almost two weeks, uh, two two weeks long. This trip, um, we actually left on the 18th of October, flew back into O'Hare during a snowstorm on the 31st, and you know that was probably the most harrowing part. Well, except for being in Ukraine, a uh, good friend of mine, uh, Tim Felton, he is actually a retired officer, um, and does a lot. He's he's really big in training dare officers. He, he's from the state of Iowa. Uh, he's 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 probably listening in right now because I told him. But uh, so uh, you would want to talk to him. I'm glad you're doing a call in because he'd, he'd say all kinds of crazy things. But uh, we flew to Krakow, Poland, just the two of us. 
And what they wanted us to do, we were working with the person who was a liaison for the government uh, with the United States, Ukraine and the United States, and an interpreter or translator who was a, uh, a resident doctor, young man, um, because he had to go with us. And our purpose was to speak on moral trauma, the trauma that they're experiencing there, uh, to and it was for generals, military, the military was, side, or, or or law enforcement, or, or both. It was it was everybody. Okay, so it was military, it was law enforcement, it was chaplains, and professional psychologists and government officials. Uh, so we we actually made, we went several thousand kilometers actually in in our trip. So they picked us up in Krakow. Getting across the border is always kind of fun. Getting into Ukraine right now, as as it was even worse before. Uh, then we went to a place called um, Rivna, which is up close to Belarus. And we taught uh, at a police academy there and for court security services. Same thing, about a three-hour training, training presentation. Then we met the, the, the team that's going to take us. We were going to go down to Odessa, but we stopped in Kiev to see some chaplains that, that I helped train. What did that look like? I mean, we, we hear and, and, you know, and see these mm-hmm. incredible images. What did that look like when you're in Kiev? Well, when you're in Kiev, there's some damage, but you have to get way over in the Eastern Front. That's really where the hot spot is. In Odessa, where we, where we stayed bound by the Black Sea there, that's one of the seaports. A hotel we were supposed to be staying in uh, two weeks prior to our coming was bombed. Wow. So mm-hmm. they had to find another place for us to stay. And there, of course, there were air raid sirens and stuff. And we went through other, um, other communities that we saw where they said 50 people or so were killed here. Hundreds were killed here, those kinds of things. So we, we did see that. I know you've worked on incidents of mass trauma. You, you were involved with the Sikh, the Sikh temple response, yes. and you and I have known each other since. Um, when you have a war-like situation, not war-like, war, a war situation, where there's combat, there's shelling, there's bombs, is the messaging different? Because it's, it's mass trauma, mass casualties. Is, is it different or is it the same message for, for smaller events? One of the things I've been really promoting, Steve, is the fact that this whole notion of moral injury, um, it, it's relatively new concept, at least in terms of getting traction, and PTSD, how they're different, but also ways we could deal with it. That's what they wanted to hear about in 22 when we were there, but also this this, this last trip earlier this year. Um, you know, how those things that break your heart, in other words, that's what moral injury is. Mm. I mean, when... You know, women are raped and children are killed and stuff like that. One organization we worked with when we were there, this fabulous organization, they were just on 60 Minutes about two or three Sundays ago, is called Save Ukraine. Mm-hmm. And we met one night when we got into Kiev, part of our big loop, and um, we got into Kiev and we met the director who was on 60 Minutes, and we met some of the children. The children who actually had been captured by the Russians. Sad, sad story. They're, they were captured and taken to Russia, and That's then their, their parents, grandparents are trying. There's a great 60 Minutes piece trying to find mm-hmm. them, and in some cases That's they right. do, and bring them back. Yeah, and in some cases they have an underground railroad, and we could not take pictures of them. But I remember one little boy, he gave me, he had nothing, in, he, he was an orphan. He had nothing to give me. But he gave me a Velcro patch. It was kind of like camo with a little arrow, side arrow on it. And he gave that to me. He wanted to give me something. Mm. Um, they had me wearing my Germantown Police Department uniform, you know, when we went to some of these places. But, but it just, I said, we want to come back and do more work, especially with these kids, because thousands have been captured and taken over to Russia. You know, it's a, I've done a lot of work with the police from Ukraine, uh, not in Ukraine, but they have come uh, to different yes. uh, symposia that I have been, been part of. 
And what what amazes me is the fact that uh, one of the women I talked to, who is a very high level commander in the uh, in the police department uh, in the police in 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 Ukraine in Kiev, uh, she sent her children out of the country to live with her parents yes. in another country. Uh, to keep them safe because the bombs are dropping. She said, I have to stay here and I have to protect my country. Yes. I, uh, those, I bet you hear a million of those stories. How do the people that work in, in, in law enforcement there keep it together when they, when they have done such a selfless thing? We're talking about law enforcement and the selfless actions they take. That to me is, it, it is incredible to save your family and then save your community. It's very difficult, um, but that reminds me of a story when we were in a community called Poltava, which is further east and north, quite a ways further east and north, uh, if you look look at a Ukrainian map. And we did some training for law enforcement at their regional police department because they're part of a national police program, um, different jur- than the jurisdictions we have here. And one gal that came up to Tim and I and talked to us had just lost her husband in a deployment in the war. And I was trying to find her some help. And if you don't speak Ukrainian, and I still don't, I can say a few words in, U- in Ukrainian, like, um, you know, like, uh, um, uh, you know, dobre, and, mm. and, or chudova, something like that. But they do like when you attempt. You know, and I, oh, yeah, I learned that in it. Albania. I mean, talk about one of the most difficult languages, you know. I mean, and the one place you can speak Albanian is Albania and then parts of Kosovo where they have a diaspora. But... I, I, I think I, I loved that, that, you know, when we go there, when you're actually in country and you are talking with them and, you, and you're there trying to trying to do whatever you can, whatever training we, we have in our heads that we can bring to bear. Um, they're just I, I, I try to explain to friends what it means to deploy to those areas. And it, it's so hard to explain, isn't it, Greg? Yeah. And, and especially in, in Ukraine, the fact that you're even there from the United States that means a lot to them. I mean, the fact that you come here in a time of war. I'll never forget, We uh, there's a high-ranking female police officer, and her husband's an attorney, but he's also a chaplain we trained. Um, and we had dinner with him one night, you know, because there are some restaurants, especially Western Ukraine, that, that are open, uh, like in Rivna. And she, um, and both of them said to us, to Tim and I, uh, thank you for helping us forget about the war for a while. We've just enjoying your company plus we were there for a purpose as well i was going to ask you about that we'll take a break here but i want to ask you is it a, is sort of a life just goes on even when there's you know shelling i want to ask you that question greg young chaplain from the germantown police department annie schwartz as always law enforcement communications expert not former former spokesperson but not former law enforcement. i'm alive still alive rumors still of my death have been greatly exaggerated greatly exaggerated we are here for you if you have a question today's gonna to have to be email at steve.scafidi2f1d at wtmj.com those questions and more comments from Greg and Annie after this on WTMJ Now. Public Safety Hour on WTMJ Now. I am Steve. Annie Schwartz, as always, 9 o'clock hour every Wednesday. And our special guest today from Germantown, Police Department Chaplain Greg Young. So you, you were talking about your experiences in Ukraine. So a lot of us, again, we, we see and hear these things. But we don't experience them. You experience some of this. You've talked to people who have gone through some of the worst conditions you could ever imagine. So for all the folks in that are listening, and we're all, we're everywhere now because of the internet, we can every 50, every all the fifty states and some international listeners. For someone who is on the ground in various places in Ukraine and Poland, um, 
is it is it a life goes on or is it is it is there accommodations made because you never know what's coming next? Well, life does go on. I remember we, we were reading some borscht uh, after doing a training and a presentation one place, and the air raid sirens going off, but people are walking up and down the street trying to you know carry on as best they can with their lives. But uh, but it's still there's kind of a heavy pall over people because that war still is going on, and we do need to continue to support them because I tell you what. You know, if we remember the days of the Soviet Union, uh, we all know what Putin's Putin's plans would be if he takes over Ukraine. Is there a sense of the same enthusiasm, same enthusiasm to push back that there was at the beginning, that we have to sustain, we have to push back, we cannot let this happen? Or at, at some point does it become almost like you're just so pushed down and attacked and, and driven down that you just sort of give in. I mean, what what is the sense that you you see and hear from the people that live there? Well, I didn't sense a lot of that. I, I hear occasionally, because I have a lot of social media contacts with them, and Google Translate's a good friend, by the way. Yes. So, yes. <laughs> as you probably I've know. learned that, Greg, with the Albanians, but i got to be careful. I've sent some weird messages. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I often wonder what it is I'm saying. It's like, what did I say? Say, I love you, my dear, or something like that. But that's another conversation. No. Um, I, th- there is a weariness because they're projecting the war is going to go on for at least another couple of years. So that would be four years of this conflict. Yeah, yeah. And And the thing of it is, I mean, they don't give out the Ukrainian war statistics. I get something called the, the Kiev Independent, and they try to verify over 330-some thousand Russian troops have verified been killed in this war. And, you know, because Putin is squashing it down, right. I think they left Afghanistan because there was kind of a pushback, you know, but but not with this so far. Any sense of, of the impact on Ukrainian citizens, their their numbers? Oh, yeah. That have been killed or uh, injured. A lot. Well, here's an interesting thing. In our first trip in 2019, there were five of us that went over, law enforcement, we went over. We were introducing peer support programs uh, and, and chaplaincy programs for the National Police, helping to get it off the ground. And we were in Mariupol. We were in Lizachansk. All those areas occupied Russia now, Kharkiv. Um, but, I, but I tell you, it was like, uh, uh, you know, it was just... There were 10,000 Ukrainians that had been killed in the war in 2020 and 2014 uh, fighting when the whole Crimea thing, right. because they had sharpshooters actually came into Kiev, too. Yeah. Wow. 10,000 had died then. I love to follow your posts on Facebook because I like to see all the, all the, all of the, the, the photos that you share and your experiences. I love one of the things that made me smile was to see. Are, did you bring shop with a cop over there or did they know what shop well, with a cop was? Because that was so funny to me to see. Yeah. I, I know it's happening all over our, our, our state right now. Police departments are doing shop yes, with right. a cop. But then to see it written in Ukrainian, I, I just thought that was really well, entertaining. I don't know if I can take credit for it. But when we went over in, in uh, 2019, um, we were in Mariupol with the chief who actually, by the way, was in Avistol, the steel plant. He was captured by the Russians. Mm. I've become a hero of Ukraine trying to defend citizens. But we wanted they wanted to become like the U.S. They wanted to have more of a community sense of policing. And and so we I mentioned, you know, we, we do shop with a cop. That's really kind of nice to identify maybe kids who need need to help or families and do shop with a cop. And that was in November in 2019. And they sent me a video in December. This chief. And his department, that regional department, had taken kids, and they were getting them, 
and, and the kids wanted to get supplies for their families, nece- you know, necessities for living. And they said, no, these are gifts for you, gifts for you and oh. for, for families. And I've got that video in it. I every once in a while I pull it up. It's Greg great. Young, our guest, chaplain, Germantown Police Department, Annie Schwartz, as always, law enforcement communications expert. I'm going to give you a chance to uh, look it up if you have to. Um, we talked earlier about donating to GoFundMe for Officer James Nowak and that great cause. Are there places or resources that all of us could donate to help Ukrainian citizens, children? If you have those organizations, we can uh, put those out, push those out after the break. You're listening, of course, to WTMJ Now, Public Safety Hour on WTMJ. One segment left with Greg Young and Andy Schwartz, Greg Young chaplain, Germantown Police Department, who just traveled to Ukraine. And uh, real quick, because we wanted to talk about this, the uh, the organization you can donate to, I believe it's SaveUkraine.org. That's correct. Yes. All right. Um, a couple things. One, I mentioned the fact that you have spent time in a country that's in a war, and you certainly have, have dealt with a lot of tragedies in communities in, in Wisconsin and beyond. Um, why do you do the work you do? It's a calling, Steve. I mean, that, that may sound trite, but, but it's a calling. Just like anybody in law enforcement, you know, people who are pastors, religious leaders, those kinds of things, or any, any jobs that, uh, I, I guess, probably I would even say that what you do is is, is a calling, you know? you got to love what you do. You Otherwise, you're going to you be do. miserable in life, right? Yeah, well, but it also gives you a sense of purpose. Yes, absolutely. And also, Greg, geez, to, to hear you talk about the fact that you got a video from this year yeah. with a shop with a cop concept that you shared, you know, years ago. Uh, I've seen similar kinds of, of, of results in, in the Balkans where I've been working in Albania and Macedonia. Um, and I'll tell you, there is nothing like that feeling when you're just like, man, I'm just, I'm, I'm Annie Schwartz from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, for goodness sakes. Yeah. And, and then you realize that you personally, as one person, had an impact on what's happening in a, in a country. And I, I encourage anyone who has an opportunity, right, to go to those places. But I also think it's important to tell your stories when you come back. Have you had much of an opportunity to, to do that since you've been I back? I would like to have more of an opportunity because they do want us back. We want to do more intensive training, and that's what they want us to do, especially some of the psychologists and police when we're there, rather than going all over like we've done the last previous three trips. And uh, so if anybody wants to do, uh, have me do a presentation, Rotary Club, whatever, about an hour, um, you know, we're also going to use it as a kind of a fundraiser because we want to support Save Ukraine and we want to really spend more time with them. Uh, I don't know how they could best contact me, but, um, but, but yeah. If you, uh, here's what we'll do. If you contact me, steve.scafidi, 2Fs1D at WTMJ.com, I'll provide them with your contact information. Thank you, Steve. Simple as that. So if you have, Thank you. if you'd like Greg to present or to make an appearance at, at one of your organization's events, uh, we can happy, happily set that up. All right, we got about four minutes. I, 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 I'm going to cheat a break here. So we're going to final thoughts on whatever we want to talk about in this in these last four minutes. I know you wanted to mention a couple of things, Andy Schwartz. It's uh, it, it was a weird Dahmer story this week. Oh, you bet. Uh, Lionel Dahmer died yesterday. The father, uh, the father 87? Uh, 87, Dahmer's yeah. father. Right. Uh, interesting because we learned more about Dahmer's father. I learned more about Dahmer's father this year. 
uh, because we found out that there were tapes. We found out that, that right. uh, Lionel Dahmer had oh, wow. taped his son in jail and recorded their jailhouse conversations. And those were very revealing. You can listen to, to all of those and the stories. I, I did an interview with uh, Fox Nation. Uh, so you can, if you have that, that subscription service, you can hear how we talk about those tapes. And you get to hear the tapes themselves, which mm. gives you kind of a window into this weird relationship between between these two these two men who were so it, it's clear from hearing them so desperate for some kind of connection with each other when neither had any idea what the other one was about. So wow. that was the that was the Jeffrey uh, the Jeffrey Dahmer news this week. Um, I talk a lot about their relationship in in my book uh, Monster: The True Story of the Jeffrey Dahmer Murders. Which is uh, it's wherever you buy books, or if yeah, you go and, on, if, if you want to Amazon, know the story, because a lot of we, we always assume everybody knows the story, mm-hmm. but but we forget that new people come into this world and they become adults and they don't know the story. Yeah. that's that's the place to find the information if that's what you're looking for. Absolutely, the yeah. case is 32 years old. 32 Steve. years. So you've, you've got long? young people. Wow. Yeah. So you didn't know I was that old, did you, Greg? Um, <laughs> I. So that to me is a that's an interesting an interesting piece, and and, then, and it's there's never a final chapter on that story, right? It just kind of no. Keeps it seems going. like it seems no. not. I'm. Again, I apologize to my dear departed father, Victor Schwartz, for not having done something more respectable with all of that education (laughs) I wrote about the serial killer. I am personally sorry that I didn't write about the boy wizard, going to wizard school. (laughs) I'm sorry about all that. You should have, because that would have made you a heck of a lot more money. Oh, listen, don't don't you think I know that. Um, That's true. I I love seeing, I saw his his handsome face go by when we were sitting here, John Dietrich from the Journal Sentinel. He's up next. I remember when I was, uh, Nan Haggerty had just hired me to build a public relations operation for the police department is 2004. And I remember I had read the stuff that John uh, had written. He was covering the police department at the time. And it was, uh, and I thought, wow, I, I, this, this guy's different. Uh, because what I learned from working with John when I was at the police department was that he really did ask me to, to, you know, explain why is that? Is there somebody I can talk to who's a subject matter expert so I can learn more? I never felt like he was, uh, how do you say, like an attack dog kind of a, a, a personality. He was someone who wanted to know more. And I think that's what you're seeing with the, the work that he's doing these days in the, in the paper. So, um, I had to, I had to give you that perfect transition between. Yes. Uh, he's literally in the way, shows. waiting in the wings. If he's, we had a green room, he'd be in there. There you go. <laughs> Greg, your chaplain, final thoughts, uh, sort of maybe a positive message for 2023. You're someone that deals with trauma and trying to help people get through that. Incidents, events, some final I'm wor- thoughts. I'm working on a book of my own right now. Oh, nice. It's it's called Love Has a Final Word. I mean, it's really hard to see with all the craziness and mess that's going on in the world, but but, but love always responds if you look for it in the cracks. And I take all these different incidents, you know, and and so just remember, people, that you know, try try to do acts of kindness, acts of love, and and look for that. Look through that set of lenses because that's what gives us hope. Absolutely. That's a great message. And I, I often say during this time of year, it's it's the little things. It doesn't have to be a big grand no, gesture. No, little no. things, a, a kind word, as you just said, uh, a small gesture at a, at a coffee shop, whatever it is. Or a thank you. Or a thank you. Simple th- or opening a door. How about that? And get back to some of the... I just the, did that. Yes. Yeah. There you go. Greg Young, chaplain, Germantown Police Department, world traveler, as we've discovered. Uh, we'll talk to you again down the line. Andy Schwartz, always... Welcome in studio every Wednesday, 9 o'clock. Thank you so much, and uh, sending so much love out to my, my brothers and sisters in blue 
at yes. the Milwaukee Police Department as they as they deal with with the most awful awful they deal with the most awful things each day and especially at this time to lose a to lose a brother um i'm i'm just sending as much love to julia to the to the Bratel family to um to the Noaks to everybody and find that GoFundMe page because i want to get yeah. that thing a hundred thousand dollars absolutely there's the there's the good deed that that greg's yes. talking about show yep. love there's a great way to show love all right we got to wrap it up greg young thank you annie schwartz thank you